there's actually very few things that I think of as insurmountable because the truth is, if you have a long enough horizon, almost anything is possible. I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Welcome back to another Humanly Possible episode with my dear friend and extraordinary uh, thinker, Dory Clark. She's such an amazing person. She helps individuals and companies get their best ideas heard in a crowded, noisy world. And she's been named one of the top 50 business thinkers in the world by Thinkers 50, which is absolutely awesome. Um, what uh, it, 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 it tot- like That's one of those things where you're like, okay, you do a TED talk, great, but then you go to the Thinkers Fifty, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, how did how, that is just absolutely astonishing." She's also honored as num- number one communications coach in the world by Marshall Goldsmith, leading uh, Global Coaches Awards, and the list goes on: author, speaker, consultant, uh, you name it. So, Dory, so great to be here with you. Thank you so much for for just being spending the time here. I am so glad to talk with you, Brian. Thank you. Oh, so, so cool. So let's just dive in. Um, really curious about a shift. Uh, this is all about shifts. And wow, have we had some shifts. I mean, I, I think uh, we can agree that there are some small shifts and maybe even some big shifts. Uh, with recently and or in your life, uh, wherever it shows up, how have you seen a, a shift that has been, um, that has impacted your life? And, and how do you get through that? Yeah. Well, I, I think there's there's a lot of ways to answer it, of course, because as the premise of your show uh, rightly is is predicated on, there are small shifts that uh, that that do have surprisingly large returns. And I mean, just to give you one example that is perhaps a pedestrian example, but uh, but nonetheless is very impactful for my business. One of the things that I was not clued in at all about when I first started uh, my business was the importance of growing an email list. And I, I just, I wasn't thinking about it. I thought like, okay, some people have email lists and you know, why do I really need one? It's not a big deal. And I did not focus on growing it, but I really started to get serious about it and understand the power that an email list could unlock in about 2015. And so a very simple thing that I had not done up until then, and I now look back on it, of course, as a missed opportunity, is I was creating gobs of content, so much content, writing so many articles for high-profile publications. And in my bio, which they always ask you to provide, I just said, oh, you know, Dory Clark is a this and that, and you can follow her on Twitter. And I put my Twitter handle. Well, like, I mean, honestly, who cares how many followers you have on Twitter? That is uh, not the most helpful metric. I mean, a lot of people, unless you're in journalism or politics, don't even use Twitter anymore. Uh, but, but that was what I was optimizing for. And so instead, I changed that to 
to essentially have people go to an opt-in lead magnet so that uh, they were they were getting a, a free download, a uh, high-quality download of mine, uh, and they were entering my email list. And that was transformative because I realized that instead of a kind of one-time thing where they signed up, they were getting regular messages from me. They got they actually got to know me through this series of messages and we got to have a deeper relationship in some ways. Like they remembered who I was. Hopefully they started to look forward to getting uh, information from me. And over time, those were the people who became the base of what ultimately became a, a community. I run online courses now, and I now have an audience who are raising their hands and saying, hey, we're, we're interested in this. And so it really enabled me to go from just kind of shouting out into the wilderness, creating content, and I didn't even know kind of who it was for or who was reading it, to having this, uh, this group of people that were communicating with me regularly and telling me what they wanted more of and what they liked. Um, so literally just changing the place that I sent people in my bio uh, made a transformative difference in terms of the quality of my work, quality of my community, and also, frankly, my revenue because it opened up the possibility that I could sell direct to consumer because I had a list of people who were interested in my things. You are muted, Brian. Yes, I am. And, you know, just a flip of the switch and, I, and now I am, I'm back and I just shifted that. So, um, <laughs> it's very meta. I like that. I you're, you're making I, your point. You see that? I, I, I try to bring that through in experiential learning. Um, so, so I'm curious, you, you, you look at, uh, that's a great shift. The email, uh, uh, just look at that small detail of how you can, where you send people. Um, and, and there's so many little things in, in your career as I've followed you that have made an impact of, of how you have transformed what you do, what you write about, where you go, what you say, how, what's the next book. Um, if you're looking back at all of those things, these awesome things that you have done in, in, in your own career, how did you look at shifts in your life? Um, how did you approach like one that maybe was insurmountable and you just had to chip away at it and, and, and eventually it, it became something? Well, I think one thing about shifts is people often get overwhelmed if they feel like they have to make a huge shift. And it, it does feel overwhelming. I mean, you know, we don't, we don't know where our lives are going to be five years from now or 10 years from now. And uh, sometimes in all honesty, that's, that's how long it takes to sort of land in a destination. But the trick, as I think your, your questions imply, is that there are, there are pivots that we can do now that will, that will get us to those places. Um, so I think for me, I have often felt like the kind of person that you know, I, I think I'm pretty good with like a long-term vision of my life. You know, oh, here's how I want to be in the world or here's like the, the sort of end goal. Uh, and I'm pretty good at the short term. Like, okay, for the next six months, I want to concentrate on, you know, launching my book or I want to concentrate on uh, creating an evergreen marketing funnel or whatever. But it's sort of the in-between, which is like, oh, what is, you know, what is the in-between uh, six months and 10 years? Okay, well, there's, there's a lot there. Uh, and and uh, sometimes you don't really know where to focus or how to, how to start. But I think in terms of making shifts, I... Um, I feel like I 
often willfully try not to predict that medium term, which is so hard to predict. Uh, I feel like I'm, you know, in terms of my professional life, like I'm sort of driving a car in the fog. And, you know, the, the truth is you can get to your destination two feet at a time, you know, being, being able to see two feet in front of you. It's, it's nicer and it's more reassuring if you can see miles and miles ahead. But if we're being honest, most of us can't. And so I really try to focus very tightly and very intently on, okay, what is, what is the next best thing? What is the next right thing that I can be doing and concentrating on? So one of my mantras, which I've written about in Harvard Business Review, is for instance, I don't even set yearly goals. I feel like that's too ambitious in terms of a planning horizon. I set six-month goals uh, because for me, that strikes the right balance of, uh, okay, I can make meaningful progress on something in six months, but it enables me to revisit it and to to pivot where I need to. Um, so, you know, when I think about uh, things for for 2020, for instance, uh, obviously, uh, the vast majority of us didn't predict the current set of <laughs> pandemic circumstances. Uh, so, I try to make decisions that allow for optionality. Um, so, in my case. Uh, a kind of quick decision that I made, which uh, fortunately turned out well, although I, I really viewed it as a hypothesis uh, rather than you know a grand plan. Was um, you know we were actually talking about this prior to going on the air. I recently comp- completed a relaunch of my flagship online course that I offer, the Recognize Expert course, and I thought it was entirely plausible that it could go either way. That either no one would want to sign up because, hello, we're in the middle of a pandemic and the largest economic contraction since the Great Depression. Maybe people don't want to be buying, you know, spending money on an online course. Or it might actually go really well because suddenly people have more time at home. uh, Everybody's doing things online and there's a keen awareness that we need to upgrade our professional skills. And there literally was no way to know uh, which way it would break. Uh, And I I was not planning to do a launch of it until the fall. But I pivoted and decided to just move up that process and treated it as an experiment. So I think part of making small shifts is just understanding, okay, um, a small shift is actually the right move. You don't want to be investing hundreds or thousands of hours in something that doesn't work out. I basically spent a day updating my my email sequences, uh, which I had, you know, I, I had written variations of in the past, but I updated it, made it more relevant for the current context, uh, got everything set with it, and said, you know what, let's let's give it a try. It was a small bet, and uh, I would not have felt bad if it if it didn't work. I mean, I guess we probably all feel a little bad, but I wouldn't have felt that bad because in my mind, okay, it's an experiment, and when an experiment doesn't work, it it doesn't mean, oh, you did a terrible job, you're a failure. It means, you know, you had a hypothesis and you found out more information. This, uh, you know, it's it's cool. But, and what I love about that is that you looked at it as a hypothesis. So you didn't look at it as, if this doesn't work, the world will cave, The everything will, will come down on me versus um, how can I see if this is going to work? And if it does incrementally, we can make some changes around it and see how that might show up in the world and, and launch it. I love that. I love that. Um, and, and, and you did it at a time when who knows? I mean, the, you know, this is the, the big, this is the, the, the global 
question mark of everything. And, um, and so that's, that's so cool. I also am curious about maybe a, a time in your life when you did see something that was kind of like insurmountable, like, like so, uh, you know, a mountaintop, a peak that you were looking at and you're like, oh, I just, you know, I really want to get there. And or, or, and, or you were surprised by the outcome. Can you think of anything in your life that might be one of those big mountaintops and, and how you, tra- how you uh, uh, traversed through it and what, what made those differences? Well, I, I think to the point that I made earlier, Brian, about um, not uh, sort, of, sort of steering clear of mid-range planning, there's actually very few things that I think of as insurmountable because the truth is if you have a long enough horizon, almost anything is possible. I mean, you know, leaving, leaving aside things that are uh, against the laws of physics or are biologically impossible, pretty much everything else is fair game. And so when I think about goals that I have for myself that are long-term, that, you know, don't seem incredibly probable right now, I, I, the things that I have on my list of like, oh, in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years, I would like to be doing them. The three that I've come up with, which are plausible contenders, are I would like to be a college president or like a university president. I would like to be a U.S. ambassador. And I would like to uh, write a Broadway musical. And so, you know, very different goals, right? But actually none of them really feel impossible. I mean, I, I, just, I just don't have that orientation because the truth is if you are making small moves to your point, then you, you, make, you make traction. I mean, they still may or may not happen, but none of them is impossible. I mean, I... Uh, so with the college president situation, I um, ended up through the content creation that I do uh, getting sort of noticed or recognized about a year ago by my alma mater. I spent my first two years of college at an early college entrance program at Mary Baldwin University in Virginia. And so they reached out to me uh, a little over a year ago, and they asked me if I would be their commencement speaker. And uh, there was good timing. I'm glad it was 2019 and not 2020, because I actually did get to speak at a legitimate graduation, which was cool. And then that kind of rekindled my relationship with them. And so they ultimately asked me, would I be on the college board? And so I, I, I was interested in learning about what does it mean to be a college president? So I said, yes. And so now, ah, et, et voila, I am now on a university board of trustees, which I think is a really good education for that. So, uh, so that, you know, that's something you could eventually leverage, uh, if you're clever about it into being a university president in terms of writing Broadway musicals, there is a very prestigious training program that I found out about run by BMI, the music, uh, publishing company. And I applied for it and I did not get in. And then I'm like, well, you know, fuck this, I'm going to do it again. And so I hired a coach. That's, that's, what, that's what smart people do, right? You hire a coach and I got trained and I figured out how to do it and I got in. And so I've literally spent the past two years uh, every, you know, once a week you know, learning uh, as part of this workshop, musical theater writing. So could, do I now have the skills to write a Broadway musical? Yes, I do. I mean, I, I would not in any way say that I am the greatest musical theater writer in the world, but am I a plausible musical theater writer at this point? Yes, I absolutely am. And I think with more refinement, uh, it, is, it is in no way impossible that I could have a show on Broadway. Uh, I'm still working on the ambassador part, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, think, I think all of these things with small steps, uh, none of it feels like a mountain. Ooh, 
Wow. Uh, that, that I love that. I love you. So you just, you, 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 there's a little bit of universe in there. Like the universe will bring things to me, uh, when it's time, I'm just going to chip away at these things. And then when it's time, somehow it's going to show up and, and it did or will, or in some, some fashion, like the, uh, commencement speech showed up and then, and then they, uh, then they invited you into more. So it's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of cool where you, Put yourself out. So you are putting yourself out there. And I'd love to just finish this and round this out with um, one, one uh, final question in maybe reversing this into a small shift that ended up becoming something bigger that you didn't, you, maybe you weren't aware of it, or maybe it was intentional, but it was this little uh, thing that you just turned a dial on one day and, and then it went, bam. How did that happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, how, can you think of anything like that? Yeah. Well, you know, when it, uh, when it comes to, uh, to, to small shifts and, uh, and how to, how to um, adjust them and, and all of that, I, I'll share one story, Brian, uh, which, you know, I know you, you've gotten really into fitness lately. And uh, this, I think, speaks to this a little bit. Uh, mostly I like it because it's kind of a funny story, but I was at this, uh, this is now about four years ago. I was at this kind of networking event, uh, that I went to. It's one of these like kind of elite things that you go to. And, and I was, it was like in this rural area and I was having a terrible time. Like it was just, I felt like it was very poorly organized and they didn't create opportunities for people to get to know each other. And they didn't even have like name tags and it was just like a click of people. And I was, I was just done with it. It was terrible. So at a certain point I kind of gave up. And so I was just kind of by myself and I heard these two women talking about this woman who worked there, who was like some kind of a, psychic or something. And they're like, Oh my God, she's so amazing. She's so incredible. You have to go. And I was very bored because like, I didn't have any friends there and people were mean. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll go see the psychic if she's so good. Cause I was like literally eavesdropping on their conversation. So I got the last, uh, the last, um, slot with this psychic woman. And so I, I went into her and her first thing, she sort of took me in and she, she, in this very portentous voice, she's like, you have freed your mind and now you need to free your body. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay. And I, you know, of course, like as with most things with psychics, I had no idea what that meant, <laughs> but, but I was like, well, actually she's right. I really... Like you know, I could I could stand working out more. Like I need to I need to to up that game. I I, I realized that I, I mean you know it's not like she was saying that because I was like horribly obese or whatever. But nonetheless, I I I could up my game, and I realized that I had been sort of uh, preferencing uh, the 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 uh, you know the sort of Cartesian duality. I had been uh, preferencing the mind, and so. I got into a fitness regimen, Brian, and uh, and you know from that point on, I, I was like, oh okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get more serious about this. So I signed up for Class Pass to kind of give myself a a, a regimen, and okay, I've got to. You know, this is very motivating for me. It's like, oh no, I already paid for these credits. I'm gonna use these credits, and uh, and so I now, fortunately, am am really in. Uh, you know, I mean, I think the quarantine has not been helpful. But nonetheless, in a broad sense, I am in the best shape that I've been in in my adult life, uh, which I know you are in that spot as well, which is great. And, uh, and so I think that that was a small change that, that I made as a result of uh, 
being lonely and seeing this uh, this psychic lady. <laughs> wow. So yes, <laughs> if you're listening to this, go see a psychic and be open to it. <laughs> That's right. Amen. Who knows what can happen? I love it. Um, it's, you know, and, and, and I know we're laughing about it, but things show up in so many different ways. And sometimes we just don't see them and they're sitting right in front of us. And it's such a, such a really cool, um, uh, story. Thanks for sharing that. Um, wow. So that's a great way to, to, uh, to close this out. I love it. So, um, thank you. Thank you so very much for sharing your time and, and your experience and for what you're doing in the world. I love watching you uh, and, and seeing everything that you're, that's unfolding. And, and, and I'm looking forward to, I understand you have a new book coming or eventually coming out. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. It's, it's a joy to get to, uh, to talk with you. And I'll just mention for folks that are, uh, that are interested, I have a lot of free resources on my website, including more than 700 free articles. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of the articles that I wrote, the articles, and I, did, I didn't have a link to my, <laughs> to my website. So uh, you can check them all out and uh, get cool self-assessments at doryclark.com. Fantastic. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.